always. That's his promise. That's the truth. And that's how we must live. And Jesus is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, And Jesus wants to work through you. Through you. You are an agent. You are an ambassador. You are a conduit of his love. And when you love with his love and put that love into action, you are allowing God to love through you. We sing about Jesus uh, in the silent night carol, Son of God loves pure light. Well, the Son of God loves pure light, is living in you, and wants to love through you. So, I believe the Lord would be pleased if we said together, with you, and this is him speaking to us, with you, in you, through you. Would you declare that just quietly? I mean, if you want to yell it, it's okay. But (laughs) With you, in you, and through you. That's his promise. That's the truth of the scripture. Now, it demands a response. And I believe the response needs to be, you are with me, in me, through me. You want to work through me. So let's just say it that way. With me, in me, through me. And let's just look up symbolically. I mean, he's in you, so you could look inside. He's, he's with you, so you could look over here. And of course, he's at the right hand of the Father, wherever exactly that is. We kind of look up. So we can look up in symbolism of that. So with me, in me, through me. Okay? With me, in me, through me. Now do a little hand motions to kind of get your your soul to understand and your mind and your heart to really get this. So with me, in me, and through me. All right. And that's what we've been we've been trying to practice. That's what we we've been learning uh, all year. Uh, I'm so so thrilled that some of you have volunteered at the cold weather shelter. Some of you brought uh, a, a huge basket of food to a needy family and Pastor Dustin and Misty, uh, the Corslands, others went to visit these two needy families. And so much, I mean, we could go on and on of how you guys are trying to implement. And you could reflect back to us because I know you're responding and your heart is resonating to the word of truth that Pastor Dustin's been bringing. Okay, now I want us to uh, experience a song together. Are we ready for that? And... I don't know if you can turn out the lights or if that's a hassle, but it'd be good if we could turn the spots off. And I don't know if you've heard this before, but I thought this epitomizes what Pastor Dustin, the end result. Go light your world. Chris Rice. 
Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. A little more volume, but will have the light of life. Then he there said, you are the light of the world. In every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. And there is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle and makes his own. Carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the helpless, confused and torn, and hold out your candle for all to see it. Take your candle, go light your world. Take your candle. Frustrated brother, see how he's tried to light his own candle some other way. See now your sister, she's been robbed and lied to, still holds a candle without a hearts are blazing so let's raise our candles and light up the sky praying to our father in the name of jesus make us a beacon in darkest times
This has been a, a very emotional month and season for me um, as, as I've seen uh, different ones die, go to be with the Lord, tough situations. Uh, as some of you might have seen my post on Facebook, how uh, December is such a hugely... Uh, just a horrific month for domestic violence with the police department, uh, their responses to so many domestic violence, child abuse, all kinds of terrible situations. This season, there's been a lot more fires. <clears throat> and uh, our police and fire are the guys that right on the scene there. They come and, and uh, they're there. Chaplains are there. <clears throat> and obviously, though, that's a, a ministry to our community, the chaplains and the police and fire. They're right there helping and serving, laying down their lives. And then I think about <clears throat> the past year and how you guys came out to the National Day of Prayer. You guys were candles coming together. And... Uh, uh, we love our kids, back to school prayer, and <clears throat> so many other things, night out against crime and various community gatherings, the the domestic violence uh, deal at St. Mary's where they lit all the candles and we're there for the victims of domestic violence and for awareness. <clears throat> you might say, well, how does that apply? Well... It's being a candle. It's it's being there, your presence. If Jesus is in you, then you bring him to everything in life, to every problem. You bring him to your sobbing daughter. You bring his love. You bring uh, his, his love to wherever you're at, uh, whether it's construction sites and... You know, guys are hurting, even on construction sites. They might not let on, but they're hurting. And uh, God opens doors. You believe that? I believe that. All right. Now, there's an aspect of reality from the Lord's perspective that I want to share with you. It's, It's warfare. It's... It's um, armies, it's uh, fight. And the scripture says we're in a fight, we're in a war. Um, we, we get a glimpse of it, and I, I never noticed this until this year as I was preparing for last Sunday. Uh, in all the translations of Luke 2.13, uh, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of 
the heavenly host. And I thought, what is the heavenly host? So I looked at all these other translations, and all of them give the connotation of a throng of the heavenly army, an army of the troops of heaven. They were joined by an army of the troops of heaven. And, you know, we think of angels, uh, Hollywood angels, like halos and uh, glowing and feathers maybe left from where they were or whatever. But you know what? Angels are all about warfare and delivery and victory. And uh, because when you, when you look at the birth of Christ, and if, if we just close the season out now as the world, our culture, whatever, our tradition, our own tradition would have us to do. You know, we miss something very important. The angel was there, the angels were there to see the birth of Christ, but then the angels were continually there and they said, go to Egypt. Why? Because Herod slaughtered all the kids to and under uh, in, in the next season, so to speak. And uh, <clears throat> the angels protected and alerted and led Joseph and Mary with the baby Jesus to the protection of Egypt. Angels are all about protecting. And, of course, the, the war around Jesus' death and resurrection. And then when you think about the church and how Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it or against her. And it's like, okay, we're talking uh, a battle here uh, to release people from the gates of hell. And we're going to win that battle because of his presence and because of however he uses angels. Not quite sure, but... Uh, we look at Psalm 34, verses 4 through 7. Uh, verse 5 says, I won't read the whole portion, They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces shall never be the same. Uh, the presence of the Lord, wow, and looking to him. And then it, in verse 7 it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And what's the angel doing? Singing, flapping its wings, you know, what do we see? No. The angel of the Lord encamps, that's a military concept, around those who fear him and rescues them, delivers them, rescues them. There's, there's that presence of the Lord and his angels. And I don't know how all that works together, but I'm glad it does. Uh, and then Psalm 37, verse 23 to 24. I believe this is going to really resonate with somebody. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Now listen to this. When he falls, he shall not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. 
doesn't say he won't fall. The Lord prevents every fall. He says, when he falls, he shall not be hurled headlong. Because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Let's, let's personalize it. My steps, your steps, are established by the Lord, and he delights in your way. When you fall, you shall not be hurled headlong. Because the Lord is the one who holds your hand with you, in you, through you. You see, to love, to really break out and really be all that God has called us to be uh, and do the things he's called us to do, it's going to be, it's going to take warfare. Maybe it's just the warfare against fear in your own life to, to even try to do certain things uh, that God wants you to do. Okay, now we're going to go back to the Word becoming flesh. The Word became flesh, John 1. Pastor Dustin shared it many times. And dwelt among us, or moved into the neighborhood. And then it goes on and says, and we beheld something. We beheld the glory of the Father. Through Christ, through his life, through his words, through his actions, we beheld God's love. God's love is this, in that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet jerks, while we were yet rascals, while we were yet rebels, Christ died for us. That's the kind of love he embodied. That's the kind of love he loved with. And he's called us to love jerks, to love rebels, to love rascals. You know, it's easy to love a good guy, guy who's, you know, being nice to you and all that. But the challenge is, the battle is, to, to overwhelm that those bad responses with love. Okay, so the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now I want to skip over to Second uh, Corinthians. And the same word, to become or became, uh, is used about us. That in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5. You see, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But part two of the incarnation, I, I call it, is the whole purpose of Christ dying, going away, sending the Holy Spirit to indwell us, that we might become His Righteousness embodied. His love embodied. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He told him to go. When you think about this. And Jesus went. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God didn't send the son into the world to condemn the world. And we don't 
we're not in the world to condemn the world. We're in the world to love the world. Jesus said, For I have not come down from heaven to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And Jesus said to us in Mark 16, 15, Go into all the world. And preach the gospel. And most of us get shorted out there because we think, oh, preach the gospel. That's a a pastor, an evangelist, a missionary. But we saw that the early church lived the gospel. And because they lived the gospel, people were drawn to Christ. In 1 John 4.12 It says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I think we short out there because we think, oh, it's just in us. No, I believe the, the meaning of that is we love one another. It's like it's expressed love. We're talking living incarnationally incarnating his righteousness, his love, his goodness, uh, and being Christ to others. Now, there's, a war, there's extreme warfare on you being Christ. And that's where we show it out many times. I mean, there are, there are loonies who, who are committed because they think they're Christ. So we, I personally think... You know, we don't hear a lot of messages about how you are Christ to the world because, you know, we don't want to instigate lunacy. <laughs> but uh, but you are Christ to the world. And what does that mean? Well, that means that you love with his love because he is in you giving you that love. Uh, and... 2 Corinthians 5 also, before the part about that we might become the righteousness of God, says, for Christ's love compels us, motivates us to do and to be and to go and to say and to give and all that stuff. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. In uh, 1 John 2.14, it says, And the word of God lives in you. Jesus lives in you. 1 John 3.16 says, Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brothers in need, but has no pity on him, how can, he, how can the love of God be in him? And that's the whole point is the love of God is moving us and should be moving us and motivating us. Those who obey his commands live in him. 1 John three twenty three and 24. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. This is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Okay, Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
And now we've got to deal with, okay, how can, how can I say Christ lives in me when I'm so full of me? I mean, I am so me conscious. And that, now we've got, what is it, me, me photos or something? Selfies. Selfies, oh yeah. <laughs> Selfies, it's like, oh yeah, me. I thought that was, that was the best. Selfies. So we're so full of me. We're so full of self. And, um, you know, we, we've got to constantly battle. There's the battle again. There's the warfare. Who knows how many angels are all around us that are helping us that we don't even know about. But God, by His Spirit, by His angels, by whoever and however He, he wants to work, he, he is in our lives. He is with us, in us, through us. Say that with me again. With us, in us, through us. With me, in me, through me. Say that. With me, in me, through me. So Corinthians says, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And of course, you remember Corinth was a horrible, uh, they had some horrible problems there. And yet he said, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. As messed up as you are, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So wake up, man. Smell the coffee. See the truth. And then, it, then Corinthians also says, and other places in the New Testament, talks about that we, or you all, are the temple of the Holy Ghost. All of us together, thank the Lord, because one of us is a poor representation of Christ at best. But all of us together, as we're all fighting the good fight, as we're all working with God, as we're all letting Him love through us and shine through us, say kind things. Okay, and it looks kind of like this, okay? We have a new heart. Uh, Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three says, I will put my law within them and on their heart. I'll write it and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. The battle that we face daily is being his people and him being our God and Lord over everything we're going to do, think, say. Hebrews 10, 16, same thing. I will put my laws upon their heart and upon their mind. I will write them. <clears throat> Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I will put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them a heart of stone. In Ezekiel 36, one of my most favorite portions of scripture that really just describes the whole new birth and the washing of the blood of Christ But in verse 26 of Ezekiel 36, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful 
to observe my ordinances, and you will be my people, and I will be your God. And I think the the Christmas song, Let Every Heart Prepare Him Room, is a good is a good song because when we make room for him to have the preeminence, to be the Lord, to rule, to control, uh, he takes us up on it and good things happen. And you might say the amount of room we make for him determines how much he fills our life. <clears throat> is he a piece of the pie or the whole pie? So the battle is giving him our lives in every situation. The battle is over the new man, him in us, Christ in you. Letting his nature come forth. Letting his love. The scripture says uh, in Romans that the love of God has been poured into our hearts. And that love, his love, uh, wants to flow through us, wants to trump all of the bitterness or uh, all the stuff that comes against his unconditional love. And it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that develops. It's something that we learn. He, You notice in, uh, in Corinthians there, it said that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus became sin who knew no sin, that we might become. It's a process to become the children of God. It's a process. It's a growth thing. But, but we don't want to let our growth stop. And we, so many times we get stuck. So many people in, in, in the world are stuck. And we, we see it in, in, uh, in Revelation uh, Jesus stands where? At the door. He's outside. He's, he's in your heart, but he's outside of the control of your heart. And he's knocking to come in and to live in fellowship with you, to be the source of your love, to be the source. Out of your innermost being shall flow Rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit, which shall be given to them. The Holy Spirit wants to flow. His life wants to flow. How does it flow? It, bring, it brings all the characteristics of Christ. His hope in hopelessness. His light in the darkness. His love in a world of hate and rejection. And you guys are conduits in you, with you, and through you. God wants to work. In uh, Colossians 3.12, it says, Put on the heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, love. Let peace rule in your heart, the peace of Christ. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So we know that this battle partially is going to be won by you getting into the Word and the Word getting into you. Not just memorizing, although that's so good, but living it out. When you hear a message, respond to it 
in obedience to the will of God and to the Word of God. That's going to break up the fallow ground. That's going to allow the the new nature, allow you to live in the new nature and to habitually be led by the Spirit, not just occasionally be led by the Spirit. Like, you know, I mean, I'm just speaking from my own longing, you might say. I I desire greatly to to be led by the Spirit habitually, to be controlled by the love of Christ habitually. It costs, but it's so... It's the only way. It's it's the real way that satisfies. To, to be out wherever you're at and to be there with the light shining. His hope coming through. Bringing hope when people are hopeless and going after people who are who are struck down and beaten down and hurt. Romans 5 I'm almost ready to do that song again guys but a couple more things. Romans 5 says the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That's verse 5 verse 6. For while we were yet still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Ungodly. Everything that's ungod is totally unlike God. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even die. But God demonstrates his love. He he illustrates, he demonstrates, he shows us his love. And, and we've got to demonstrate that love in the same way. Going after the helpless. Going after those who are yet sinners. Jerks. Rascals. All right. <clears throat> Why do we need to seek God and wait on God and look to the Lord all the time? This is just really simple, but I think it... it it really goes to the heart of the battle. One, because we tend to live so independent of God. We tend to close Him out of major things in our life and minor things in our life. And He's, he's wanting to get, get into the, all of our lives in every a- aspect. So we, we need to seek God all the time and ask Him, what do you say? What do you want? We need to wait on God because we tend to live independent from God. Because, number two, we tend to forget it is He who has made us and not we ourselves. And He has a destiny for our lives. And our job is to discover that destiny and anticipate it. Number three, we need to seek God because we have such a limited perspective. God sees the whole picture. And we need to seek Him before we do stuff before we make decisions, before we say stuff. And number four, because we tend to do the right things in the wrong way. We desperately need God. Remember in Fiddler on the Roof, he said, the wife said, well, we can't go until we see the, the, the baker, bakery or whatever it was. And he said, okay. He opens the door, he shuts the doors. Okay, let's go home. <laughs> Some of you don't. You have to watch that one. So, three more things I want to 
add on here. Keeping your heart. We need to keep our hearts. We need to keep our hearts pure. We need to keep our hearts full, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to keep our hearts soft and responsive and, re- and pliable, uh, moldable by the Lord. I believe as we go into 2014 with what we've got in our backpacks and what we've begun to start to do, I believe we're going to see strongholds broken. Nothing's too hard for our God. Uh, He's able to do anything. And we need to believe that and, and go for that. As you go out into the community or to your job or in your home, believe God for, for things and, and uh, let his love flow. I want us to sing that song now that we know it. Do we have that ready? Uh, and we'll turn the lights off and then Pastor Dustin's going to come and lead us in communion. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But he said, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men. Such a way that see your good works and glorify God. There is a candle. Come on, sing along. Every soul. Soul. Some, Some brightly burning. burning. Some dark and cold, and there is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his home. Carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the helpless, confused and torn. Take your candle, go light the world. Take your candle, go light your world. Frustrated brother, see how he's trying to.
whose hearts are blazing. So let's raise our candles and light up the sky. Praying to our Father in the name of Jesus. Make us a beacon in darkest times. Pastor Michael, great word, right, right on the money for us. I think that uh, there's there's a, there's always a different way that we can hear the word of God, and that we can hear a message. You know, we can we can hear it in faith, or we can hear it in unbelief. We can hear it with a little bit of faith. We can hear it with a lot of faith. Um, and uh, I just believe the Lord wants wants us to just open our hearts and receive that word and let it go in deep into our soul. And, and that's going to require great faith. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, as Pastor Michael was sharing, I, I was thinking about how disqualified I am to be that light and how disqualified I am to, to be a, a temple that is worthy of housing the Holy Spirit, you know? And so I think that when you were talking about how we uh, were so we're so focused on ourselves and, and all of that, um, that, that can be both in a positive sense and a negative sense. And, and I guess I should say that sometimes we're, we're, we're so focused on ourselves that we think too highly of ourselves. That's called pride. Then there's other times where we're so focused on ourselves and our frailties and our weaknesses and our inability to be what we need to be. And that can be just as devastating and just as destructive and and challenging for us. Um, And I was thinking about that that part of it, 
as Pastor Michael was sharing, just that, Lord, I'm, I've, man, I don't know if I can do this, and, and Lord, I need you to work in me, you know? So I think that takes the, that takes great faith to say, yes, it's, I, I'm not, I didn't qualify, I, and I didn't earn, you know, the, the right to be the temple of the Holy Spirit and to have Christ with me all the time. And I certainly don't deserve, and I, I didn't earn Christ living in me all the time. Um, but you guys, that's okay. And, and that's, that is true. That is the reality. It's all his grace. It's all his mercy. That's it, you guys. And, you know, I, I shared a number of months ago just about Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and not out of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one can boast. But we also talked about how the Scripture says that the righteous will live by faith. So the righteous are not just saved by faith. We live by faith. It's not just that, well, you, you did nothing to earn your justification, but through your own efforts and good works, you earn your sanctification. Yes, that's not how it works. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And I would also say that it is by grace that you are changed through faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. For it is God in me who causes me to will and to act according to his good purpose. And I just want to read a little bit of Philippians 3. And this is where Paul is talking about... He's basically just talking about how uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't put any confidence in the flesh. And there's no reason to. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. This is maybe where some of us are. Yeah, Christ can live in me, cause, and he can work through me, because I'm pretty darn awesome. And then some of us are like, oh, man, I don't think Christ can work through me, because I know how, how many issues I have. <laughs> But, but here's what Paul says. All of that, those good works or whatever, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, refuse, garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. There's that word faith again. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. So that's just kind of the final thought I want us to leave us with, you guys, is that um, this, this, this challenge that Pastor Michael presented to us, this calling that he's reminding us of. Um, it, is, it is not possible for us to do it putting confidence in the flesh. And it's not possible to do it in our own strength. Um, but with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And it, guys, it's his grace. And, and it's us, just as Paul said in Philippians 3, becoming like him in his death, remembering I've been crucified with Christ, I no longer live. But then he says, so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. But Christ lives. I, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. 
but Christ lives in me. And as Pastor Michael said, he's with me and he wants to work through me. And it's not because I've earned it, you know. It's because I have, I have allowed the Lord to put to death my flesh and my old man. I've been crucified with Christ. And now I live in him. And he lives in me. So as we, uh, as we do communion right now, you guys, uh, that's how I want us to posture ourselves. I think that that, that is always um, part of why we do communion and why Jesus said do this as often as you do it and remember me. Because when you do this, you're going to remember not to put confidence in your flesh. You're going to remember that it was my body broken for you and it was my blood poured out for you. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my, in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let's just get out of your seats right now and come and uh, come and get the take the bread and take the cup and let's get ready to do communion. Just come on up.